0: Hello, hey everybody, welcome back. This is your host, Charles, and you're listening to Bringing It All Back Home. Looking to do a special episode today on eBay. I've had an exceptional eBay couple of months, at least for me. Got back into selling on eBay for... For a good cause, <laughs> a good reason, didn't just do a bunch of sales randomly, had, had a goal. Uh, so anyhow, yeah, I thought we would. Uh, I, thought I would, in this case, it's just going to be me, Jerry's not on this one, uh, help explore what the heck went on selling stuff on eBay. Uh, so here we go. One of the biggest things you're going to run into, and we're all going to run into, is uh, with our gears, at some point, you want to make a big change. Uh, or at least a big purchase, you know? And the two soft- sometimes go together. Uh, in my case, it did definitely go together. Wanted to make a big change. Wanted to really kind of get into a direction um, that I kind of did not see before uh, with uh, my last year or two or three <laughs> years of purchases, uh, my odd and on, you know, my on and off, odd, odd and on. (laughs) Uh, My oddball, you know, random kind of gear acquisitions. So what I'm talking about is, number one, uh, I wanted to go mirrorless. You know, it it seemed seemed like the right time, you know. 2021 was approaching. I think mirrorless cameras had matured enough to give you a lot of different options. What I also wanted to do was kind of just go a little bit higher uh, in the two main tools that I'd like to do, meaning I'd like to have a camera and lens that gets me where I want to go for landscape, including Milky Way stuff, you know, so I needed a a landscape lens and something to really get me inspired uh, for taking some portrait shots. Ideally, I wanted this to be paired to a mirrorless camera something stepping into the future as it were so I got sort of at least teased into part of this idea uh well over a year ago so November of 2019 when things were still pretty normal relatively speaking (laughs) no pandemics were down the road yet 2019 you know uh I was keeping an eye on The stuff that I was interested in, keeping an eye on, you know, B&H and Adorama, uh, Fuji cameras, mirrorless stuff. Basically keeping an eye out on mirrorless stuff as Black Friday approached. And I kind of came close. I came close to thinking, well, you know, there are some pretty good deals out there right now. and it's always this is the way it works. You go out there looking at one system and possibly one type of camera. Like I think I may have been looking at the XT3 or maybe it was the XT4, which had just come out. So I'm thinking Fuji. I'm looking mirrorless, and I'm starting to look through VNH, and of course, a completely different system pops up because of the price range. You know, so the so the price range that. November and December of 2019 um, was pretty amazing for one of the high resolution Sony's, you know, the, 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 the one with the R in the name, you know, and I believe this was the two. So I'm guessing this was like the A7R II, which at one time was like, like the camera of the year. Um, You know, this was like the real breakthrough. I think this was like one of the first 40 plus megabyte uh, cameras Uh, full frame sensor mirrorless going really really cheap and I I was interested I was intrigued I'm like looking around thinking okay if I sold this and I sold that or if I just put aside 200 here or 500 there um the thing was coming in like under what was it like I don't know under 1200 or something really really amazing at that time um Whereas, you know, it had normally, I think, I believe it had gone on sale originally at like 2300 or something crazy, maybe even more. Anyhow, I uh, I wisely did not buy anything, you know, I held back. And what I decided to do was, well, let's just keep the course going, you know, stay with my analog stuff, don't make any major changes to my gear, meaning like, you know, no huge system changes but what I thought would be uh, logical was why not just you know prepare if you're if I'm thinking of doing this prepare for the upcoming November and December um, and I, I kind of got some backup for that idea as well from googling it online like pretty much if you're looking to make a major purchase of some photography gear you pretty much cannot go wrong looking to do it around Black Friday or or you know December. Um, I, I don't think you're gonna see a scenario where, oh wow, well, if I had just waited to April, I could have got a cheaper. like no, it's just it seems to be just the opposite. the The major guys out there, Canon, Fuji, Nikon, you know, they, Sony, they all throw everything they can at you during the holidays. So there's promotions on lenses, there's promotions on adapters, there's buy this with that, you know, and get extra off. Um, so there's instant rebates and and more, as they, as they say. Uh, and then pretty much by New Year's or so, or just after New Year's, they go away. They really go away. Those deals go away. And in the case of Nikon, the, the whole systems go away. Nikon's been hit really hard this year. I'm sorry. How can I say that? Nikon's been hit really hard since the COVID began, uh, and and it's continuing because a lot. Of, I believe that a lot of their um, manufacturing has been. Um, uh, switched over to Thailand and since Thailand was in severe lockdown, uh, they couldn't even get a lot of their manufacturing people over there. Uh, and then I think the other thing I heard was like even the way the the stuff shipped out, uh, they often use passenger flights for a lot of the cargo and then no one's flying to Thailand. So, so yeah, like, um, anyhow, uh, that not to go off on a complete tangent, but a lot of the Nikon mirrorless stuff, the lenses, the cameras, um, really hard to find, uh, especially since the, you know, since the holidays ended. So that's the scenario I was in 2019, thought about switching, thought about making a big purchase, decided not to. And now it's the end of 2020 and uh, same time of year, you know, it's November's coming around. So, so I, I did have my eye on what looked to be a really appealing new camera, a camera that wasn't even out. Uh, I don't think they'll hear before uh, the Nikon Z5 looked great, just looked absolutely great. Um, much lower price than the Z6 or seven, uh, while still maintaining what was important. You know, the sensor was practically the same, and the uh, the camera body was practically the same. You know, just just a couple of little tiny things they did to uh, shave the price down from being you know a two thousand dollar camera or. 1900 art camera uh to being on sale uh including the adapter for like 1100 uh and then adorama was having another promotion where if i used a certain card i'd get an extra 10 percent. so that's another 100 bucks off so yeah basically a brand new mirrorless with an adapter the special nikon adapter to, to, so you can mount any old f uh, mount lens um especially the, the mount you know the, the lenses with uh with autofocus um and you're looking at a thousand bucks, you know, a brand new camera, a brand new adapter, um, and that's with all the rebate stuff, you know. So normally that would be like thirteen hundred, I think, for just the camera, and the adapter actually sells sells, sells separately for like two fifty. So yeah, huge savings, you know. If I bought that same thing right now, uh, I'd be looking at fifteen hundred and or more uh, rather than getting it for a grand. So yeah, good time to go into it. Well, that leads me to the subject of today's podcast, which is eBay, you know, so how am I going to, you know, even, even it's, it's, (laughs) it's one thing to say, okay, well, I can get the gear, you know, I can switch over, I can basically get into mirrorless, right? But what's the whole point? Why am I getting into mirrorless? Um, for me, a lot of it was because these lenses, supposedly these new like Nikon lenses, uh, this new Nikon 50, which uh, is supposedly amazing. And I've been hearing about the, the 85 as being incredible. Um, and they're not cheap. You know, The cost of these new Nikon lenses to match the Nikon mirrorless um, are, is sometimes double. Uh, what you would expect? I'm no exaggeration, you know, like the 20, for instance, the wide-angle lens. Um, yeah, that's normally like I don't know, five ninety nine, and and the new uh, what we call the Z versions going for close to a thousand. So so yeah, I I mean, going f- into a mirrorless body uh, and saving all this money you know, I don't think I would need to start selling all this gear to afford that. You know, I could, I could take uh, you know, an extra paycheck here and put aside a little bit of money there and, and get close to being able to pay off the grand as it were, you know, a big purchase, but not, you know, not like staggeringly big. It would still have been the biggest purchase I ever made. I'll be totally honest. Uh, I've been into the photography hobby here for, you know, at least 12 or 13 years, um, I've never purchased anything, any kind of camera gear uh, for more than 800 800 always seemed to be the top of the top of the top of the line uh, as far as budget went. Uh, and that usually relied on the good old tax return season, you know, where I could sort of justify it like, all right, you know, this is, I can, and that was all from used gear. Of course, this was uh, $800 worth of, uh, of used gear, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit. Uh, so why I'm mentioning the $800 figure. So, so yeah, I figured like, okay, once I jump into the body, I'm going to probably want to get at least one lens. Uh, and maybe during the year I'll rent more, you know, I can always rent more lenses and and somewhere down the line, you know, get that, that, that mythical goal of uh, a new mirrorless body and at least one portrait lens, you know, like an 85 and at least one new landscape lens. So back to selling on eBay. Now, why I'm having this podcast and why I'm bringing this up is I refused to sell on eBay uh, after a bad experience I had, uh, which could have been even worse or you know going around in circles. Who knows? Maybe I should have let it happen. So I was a casual eBay user. I've been on eBay for a while, uh, I think since 2000, You a know, really long time, But but mostly just buying goofy things here and there. And then when the photography bug hit, you know, starting around... 2005 with my first olympus and really kicking in around 2009 with my first d200 and then going into another gear 2011 with my d300 and then getting way back into the analog stuff you know so the 2013 till till now you know going into medium format gear old 35 millimeter uh, having fun with uh with the vintage analog i've been predominantly a buyer but there was this one scenario around 2015 and 16 where i had made some large purchases um a little bit uh here and there that i felt like you know maybe it's time to switch gears so what am i talking about i was trying to sell uh what at that time was the budget Leica. Uh, now uh, they've gone up in price, uh, ironically, uh, and I wanted to sell um, the medium format camera that uh, had had been great, you know, for me for at least a year, and then just started getting very frustrating to use. So, uh, and that's a whole another episode in itself. Uh, basically, the Mamiya RZ67. Um, so those two items, uh, I ended up selling the Mamiya rz67 to keh you know which wasn't really so i don't know if that was good or bad um ideally if i had just held on to the lens (laughs) if i had just held on to the lens for another two years i could have sold the lens um for twice the amount of money i paid for the whole system but you know at that time no one cared you know, so in 2015, you could literally get a Mamiya RZ67 uh, in varying condition, and this is the this is the RZ1. You know, so not to be confused with the RZ67 Pro2, the RZ67 Pro1, you know, the original one, not the RB, the RZ uh, was was starting to get popular, but but just in general, people didn't give that much of a rat's ass about medium format cameras they really didn't you had like your Hasselblad purists who still had crazy prices with their Zeiss lenses and you still had of course your rolling nuts Uh, those were always that never really changed but finding uh, a decent RZ67 that was like okay who's selling that like at that time it was Japan sellers entirely uh and you never heard anybody talking about it on on the social medias there were no youtube there was there was like one old rz67 youtube video um nobody on on instagram was showing off their rz67 so again 2015 2016 um you could get one with a with the with the so called normal lens you know the one uh the 110 uh, lens right um and yeah, pay five hundred bucks, pay maybe six if it was even in better condition. Seven tops. There's like there would be no way you would pay more than seven hundred bucks for that entire kit. Meaning meaning a film back, uh, the waist level finder, and the beautiful 110 2.8. So I was selling that. The reason was it was mine kept jamming up. It was having issues. It was definitely having issues. Like like I, it, it would literally like not fire, and I had to take take the thing all apart and break down the modular, and then it would fire, and then it wouldn't fire. Um, and I, I had my eye on a different system. I was I was suddenly thinking, you know, I, I, that, that Pentax 6.7 system looks so much cooler. Uh, it looks way cooler. than I'm getting kind of fed up with this Mamiya RZ stuff. So I sold that uh, to KEH, and I tried to sell my Leica system, uh, and this had been about the third time I had tried to work with a Leica. This was the Leica CL kind of plastic wonder from the early seventies with this beautiful little 40 millimeter Summicron on it. Um, which even at that time people were raving about the Summicron. I, I, I was like, yeah, it's a good lens. My, my photos look nice and sharp. I have sort of a, Leica look to it, like a Leica glow or I, I just noticed that the shots seem to have pretty good resolution. Uh, there's going to be that nice edge to edge sharpness thing. Uh, and, um, but I didn't like the camera. I thought the camera was a piece of crap. I really did. Uh, it cracks me up to see reviews today that people rave about the uh, the, the Leica SCL. I thought the Leica SCL was literally uh, an extremely unpleasant camera to use. You know. Anyhow, I got it for like five twenty-five from somebody in New York uh, who sold it to me uh, with a uh, You know, a UV filter on the lens, so the lens looked very clean. The body had like no damage to it anywhere. You know, the body was in real nice shape. Uh, and the meter appeared to work, so yeah, I used to go out and shoot it with just the built-in meter. Uh, that's pretty rare. I, I wouldn't be surprised if like barely 30% of all the CLs out there have a working meter. And I wanted to just say, okay, I'm gonna get rid of the Mamiya, uh, which again I paid for like 450, you know. So I was like, well, if I can get 200, 250 back from KEH, I'm good. And I that was kind of what I got back almost. Um, I don't remember how much I got back from QH. and I figured, yeah, I'll I'll sell this uh, this Leica CL with the forty millimeter Summicron. I really wanted the money right away because I wanted to just jump in. So I think I did like a buy it now for like under four hundred. I think it was like I don't know three ninety nine, three seventy five. Buy it now for a Summicron lens and a Leica CL with a working meter. Whew. Okay. Sorry about that long-winded explanation. Anyhow, what I'm getting at, this is the reason why I stopped selling on eBay. Guy buys it from out west, west coast. Um, does this weird little thing where he says, "You know what? In the picture, you, you there was a strap on this thing, you know? Because yeah, would it be okay if you sent me that strap? Because because you didn't ship with it." And I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> you know, like I could care less. Like it's a fifteen dollars strap. Who cares, you know? Uh, and at that time, I'm like, look, I, you know, I'm thinking to myself." You know, I could care less. I'll be happy to drop it off, mail it to him. I just want to keep that hundred percent rating, you know. So I send him the strap, and he gets it. And he's like, "Yeah, thumbs up, great, thanks for that." That that was like two weeks later, you know. Uh, w- w- so uh, so I guess he he got it within maybe a, less than a week. Text me back about how he's missing the camera, the neck, the camera strap, which is this generic camera strap I got from B and H. Um, Suddenly, I'm like working on the computer one night, and I get this text, I see this text message from the eBay app. It's from this guy. "Hey, you know, I'd like to return the camera." Now, I'm like, how was he even offering or suggesting that he can he wants to return the camera? It was a month ago, <laughs> you know? It was literally a month ago, and I'm like, I could have sworn I said on the ad, no returns. This is how naive I was. On the ad, it gives you an option. Do you want to allow returns or no returns? I clicked no returns. It's a vintage camera from the 70s. Here's the pictures. Meter works. Summicron's in beautiful shape. CL has no damage on it whatsoever. It looks looks extremely good for its age. Totally functional. I've shot 10 rolls of film through it at least. So here is, I'm an American seller with a tested vintage camera with a lens that's clean and a body that has zero damage. And for extra points, the shutter isn't broken. The shutter actually works. I'm looking at his email like in complete and utter disbelief. Like complete disbelief. Like I'm like it's like somebody just, you know, <laughs> came out of nowhere, you know, with a sledgehammer. I'm like I'm like look like what the hell just hit me on the head? Like I'm 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 stunned. I'm like can this be real? And I don't answer right away, but instead I look at, I Google eBay, you know, buyer return policy. And I suddenly find something I completely ignore, which I never thought of doing, was that eBay now guarantees you that you have 30 days as a buyer to dispute any item you purchased. And if the buyer doesn't want to give you the refund, eBay will help you out and get the refund for you anyway, as long as you can just dispute something in the in the listing. So this guy basically pointed out that he just recently took some pictures with the meter and he didn't think the meter was accurate anymore. So I said in the meter or I said in his text message to this guy, yeah, the meter works fine, you know. And here it is. He's had it for, no exaggeration, 29 days. He's had my freaking Leica, my Supercon lens, for 29 days. And now he wants to ship it back because he's not happy with the metering on the 1970s camera. So, yeah, I I basically texted him back and said, look, you know, uh, I think I've been pretty good as a seller here. (laughs) I think... uh, Whatever problems you're having with the metering, I didn't have. I've, uh, I've been using that, that, that camera with the, with the built-in meter pretty well. And I'm a little stunned that you've waited until day 29 to try to return this. And I did point out to him very clearly, you bought this camera and this lens for less money than the lens itself would go for. So at that time, people were trying to sell the lens for like 400, 425, maybe 450. Um, this is 2016. It wasn't like they were moving very fast. So, so people who were trying to sell the lens for 450 would probably have these 30 day auctions you know, buy it now for, for 450 and, and it wouldn't it wouldn't be like hey, you know they could sell it in a week. Sometimes it would take a very long time because at that time you know it was that price was probably considered a kind of high. And B, there really wasn't that much interest in the 40 millimeter uh, Summicron for the CL because it's slightly wonky using 40 millimeter uh, lenses on a non CL because there's no frame lines for 40. Um, but basically said to him, yeah, look, man, you, you, you got a deal here. You know, you, you got a body and a lens for less money than the lens is going for. Anyhow, he kind of finally backed down. Um, Sort of threatening me that you know he could still change his mind, and I just kind of like you know said to myself in a, in, that, in that you know fateful way you know when you when you've turned a corner on something, yeah, that's the last time I'm ever selling on eBay. You know I will never ever sell again on eBay. Like they, it just it just felt like such. A really crappy experience. It felt like such a crappy experience. So, so yeah, that was it. I was never going to sell on eBay again. So now it's it's twenty twenty, and I guess who guess who's selling on eBay? You know, I figured, what the hell, man. I you know, I should just uh, I'll, I'll 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 learn from my mistakes. You know, I'll, I'll anticipate these these twenty nine day return people by. Doing what it seems everybody else is doing. Meaning, here's how I'm going to list my stuff. I'm going to list the condition as used. Wow, yeah, great description there. I'm going to try to, you know, name what it is as, as best I can. Uh, so, starting with the first thing I sold was uh, an accessory for my Pentax, which I never used. You know, and the listing was was pretty straightforward. Here's a Pentax waist level finder. Okay. Okay. <laughs> condition used. That's ships with UPS. That's it. Like, that's it. Like, that's my entire description. Here's what it is. It's used. And here's how it ships. And then I just took, you know, 12 fairly good, at least, you know, very tight close-up photos of every angle. Um, and that set the template. You know what I mean? Like, so, so it was kind of like, well... You're not doing yourself any favors by leaving the description so blank. Um, you're really, in a way, hurting yourself as a seller because, you know, a good number of people may not even begin to save this ad, let alone come back the day of the auction and try to bid on it because they just feel like you're holding something back. You know, it's it's it looks suspicious. So, but on the other hand. <laughs> Dispute that, you know, like like that's that's kind of like the new the new standard now on eBay. Like, there's a whole bunch of sellers out there that's kind of like dispute this, motherfucker, (laughs) you know, dispute this, like dispute the fact that it's used, (laughs) you know, try to get your money back on that one. Uh, That's what this policy's done to you, you know, like like it's 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 given into such mistrust now that someone's going to basically just. You know, retail. You know, uh, auction rental your gear for a month, and then go. Hey, uh, I'm done. Here, yeah. so I'm going to send it back. You know, anyhow. So that's how it started. I I, I sold my first uh, my first item. Um, my. You know, accessory for my Pentax that I never needed uh, it was inspired by some guests from listening to a podcast, uh, and I and I just felt like well, this does not fit in my uh, workflow at all. I don't need a waist level finder for my Pentax uh, six seven. So so yeah, that was um got sold that for one seventy. It was pretty cool. Uh, I think I bought it for one seventy 170 or one seventy nine. So so it was perfect. It was just like okay, I bought it for this amount, sold it for the same amount. Um, but here was uh, here's how I was going to do it differently. Even though I got this transaction, I got sale, uh, I literally set a clock like, okay, it's going to go into a, I'm going to put it into my savings. I am not going to touch it. It doesn't exist till 30 days. You know, like I don't really have that money um, until the 30 days are over. So so that's how I got started. Um, and then from there, it was kind of like, all right, well, what do I have? You know, how, it, so that one was pretty big, you know, 170 bucks was a nice chunk. Uh, was there anything smaller? So kind of like went into uh the area where I had my uh my enlarger, you know what I don't use that much and there were two negative carriers in there that I never ever used cuz I've never owned a 6x9 camera, I've never owned a 645. I'm like, let's see what these are going for. They're going for typically 20, 25, 30 bucks each. I'll sell mine for 25 each. Um and that was really really easy. Uh, and then it got to the hard stuff, you know, because then it was kind of like, well, you know, um uh, what about my old camera, you know, the D600? Um, so I had the box. Um, I had the, you know, had the camera, which was still in great shape. Uh, I was thinking that that camera was still pretty young in terms of actuations. Uh, surprised me. I finally, uh, right, before, right before I put the ad up, I... I did submit the uh, thing online where you can see how, how many uh, shutters. Yeah, actually, I had, when I got it, it had like 70 some thousand and it was closer to uh, 80, 80 something. So I had put maybe less than 20,000 shots on it um, in, oh, I don't know, eight years. Um, but it was kind of high. I was, I was a little surprised. Um, guess how much I paid for that camera, you know, uh, used uh, back in 2011? I paid 800 bucks. 800 and, t- and change, you know? Um, so I was trying to sell it and, um, yeah, yeah. That one, um, I was prepared to give, to get, to get, you know, get going with, uh, pretty, uh, pretty low, you know? And so I think, I think I only got like three something, you know? Um, I don't think I sold it for much more than that. And, um, yeah, you know, uh, let's see what what. Oh uh, yeah, I got. It was sold for three hundred and nine dollars. It was just the body, and that was it. You know. Oh no, I think I think I added like a little uh, a little attachment um, called the three legged thing. You know, to uh, to use on uh, uh, ball head tripods. But yeah, that wasn't. That wasn't too hard, but it it, it was It was kind of like, okay, yeah, I'm really doing this thing. I'm really selling my old camera that I paid eight hundred for, <laughs> for three hundred. You know, um, and but the thing is, that the funny thing was with the six hundred, I really didn't have any super sentimental attachment to it. But I just felt like, wow, this is strange. You know, um, found an old uh, paperback that I hadn't. Uh, I was once gifted like four little paperbacks of first edition of uh, Patty Smith's Wool Gathering by her mom, no less. Her mom gifted me four of these little books uh, when I visited her. I used to visit her a couple of times. This one particular fall and winter, oh, I don't know, 80, 90, gosh, 94, 95, something around there, maybe even 93. Yeah, probably 93. Um, suddenly discovered Smith's mom living not far from Glassboro, and I was living with Kyle at the time, and became one of those fans that she was perfectly happy with uh come on over having some uh, grilled cheese sandwiches and talking the patty stuff you know and then she would always give stuff away uh, and patty had just released this book it was a little it was a precursor in a way to just kids it's kind of like an atmospheric uh very short short um i don't know what you would call it not even a novella you know kind of like a story uh, of sorts that uh is in like a little tiny little book, and and what I discovered by looking it up was, these were rare. Like these 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 books uh, were as an imprint called Hanneman. Um, there there was a very it was limited edition, you know. So um, I think I gave one to uh, my friend Heike in Dresden, and I still had like three of them. Uh, so if you're okay, I'll see what one of those goes for. So uh, put that on eBay, and it sold for like ninety nine bucks. Um, found an old Canon lens. Um, And then I started selling the rest of my lenses, like literally anything that, anything that I was like my, my uh, Tokina for night sky photography, uh, my 28 millimeter Nikon for just general landscape. Like the whole thing had to go, you know, like this was like, basically I'm switching systems. Um, But the hardest sale, the hardest sale for me was finally getting rid of my D300, you know. The D300 um, was the first camera where I really, really took my photography uh, to another another level. It was it was it just happened to be the one where I took the, my very first uh, decent landscape shots. It was the one where, um, like, the posters I still have on my wall here uh, were taken with the D300. Um, the best sunrise I ever caught uh, back at Bass River was taken with that camera. Uh, pretty much, like, the killer like the years where, where things got better for me, where I saw a tremendous amount of improvement, especially 2013, 14, 15. Uh, that was all the D300. And, and I just was like, I can't get go. I can't sell it. It's worth nothing now. How can I sell this? I can't, maybe I could just just enshrine it, you know, put it put it in a pillow or something, you know, build a, put a, put, build a little glass case, plexiglass case, put it on the wall. I don't know. I finally was like, screw it, man. You got You got to move on. You gotta move on, like, like, uh, you know, let go. So, so yeah, I grabbed the D three hundred, found one of my old lenses that I used to use with it, the Nikon fifty, um, and I got hundred and eighty seven bucks, you know. So, so yeah, uh, that one also. I think I paid close to nine hundred. That was like eight hundred and fifty. I think I got for it. You can barely give them away on eBay right now for two hundred bucks. Um, biggest reason is it's a uh, it's only a 12 megapixel sensor that seems to throw people off. Oh, it's not 14, or it's not 20, it's not 18. It's somehow going to be a lesser photo because it's only 12 megapixels, um, which is absurd. Uh, because you could, you know, like my, I've got a 20 by 30 poster of, of a shot I took with it. Uh, but yeah, the biggest reason is, is it's, it's, uh, it's an ISO it's crap. You know, like if uh, anything above 400 and. and you know, you're, you're in another error, you know, error, uh, era, uh <laughs> error, you know, you, you, crank this thing to 800 and, and all your colors start going wonky. You put it to 1600 and it's just, it's just a nightmare. It's just so bad. It's so bad. Like the stuff in your shadows just looks like, you know, pixel crunch. Um, but I love that camera. So, so, so yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was kind of a purging experience. You know, this was, this whole thing was, uh, was my way of uh you know touching base with whatever her name was marie Kondo, whatever you know um yeah marie Kondo. i was, I was trying to find my my joy uh so so yeah anyhow um i think uh I, I in total um sold about i don't know 13 items on ebay um so far so good and I sold uh, two old skateboards, believe it or not, through Facebook uh, Marketplace. And that added up. So anyhow, somehow, <laughs> um, this close to the end of my eBay experience. And the person who bought my uh, Tokina lens uh, just so happened to be uh, not responding to my messages. Uh, which leads me to the next part of uh, selling, which I didn't really understand. Um I was selling during the peak of the pandemic, of course, uh, meaning the ramp up from the summer when things were a little bit in the fall, where things were a little bit normal to when um, all the lockdowns started again. And and the uh, and U- United States Postal Service, USPS, was severely affected Um by both the severe weather, and but more importantly, people unable, of course, to show up for work, and uh, you know because they're not they're not well, they're they're down with COVID. Um, so so at certain locations, especially in Philly uh, and uh, places in Delaware, um, they had no staff, and things just started piling up. They became like dead zones for your packages. I sold a lens to somebody hundred miles away from me, hundred miles south of me in Delaware. Um, I, I notified them five days later, Hey, look, I'm tracking the package. You should have had it by now. I'm really sorry about it. But, um, you know, this, this thing with, uh, USPS, you know, United States Postal Service is, it's really bad. Uh, there's nothing I can do to speed it up, but I hope, uh, I hope you're patient. No reply, no reply at all. I'm like, that's odd. Most people would reply. Send them another message three days later. No reply. Finally, I, I'm starting to look at the person who bought this thing. They have they have like one rating. They've got this weird name. And I look at the, the label, uh, the shipping label. I'm like, let me just copy and paste this shipping label. I, I paste it into Google. And wouldn't you know, the person whose name and address I put into Google comes up with this massive fraud alert. Like great, <laughs> here we go, you know. And so I'm thinking, okay, where could this go? So I've already been paid. So what kind of shenanigans are going to happen here, you know? So I was anticipating, like, all right, they're going to pretend the item was lost, uh, and then they're going to file a claim with eBay, and uh, I will a n- uh, not get my lens back, and b still somehow uh, not get my um, the money back. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll manage. They'll manage to get the refund, and I'll be out of lens um, because everything I read about this person or this address, um, came up pretty shady, you know, like there's literally like a, a buyer warning about this address going back like three years. Um, so the short of it is kind of like, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a stop and go location somewhere in Newark, Delaware, um, that seems to be used as a hub uh, for items being shipped to Eastern Europe, particularly uh, former Soviet blocs, like one of the Stan countries, you know. Um, so yeah, it's it's just got more and more perplexing. It really did, and uh, and I'm thinking, well, okay, uh, where is this going to go? You know, um, and, and the person had this really, un, you know, unusual name, and uh, um. I'm thinking okay I'm I'm screwed. like there's no way I'm going to get this uh this item you know um it's going to go really really bad um yeah the 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 address here we go is 2213 Ogletown Road Unit B uh then it has a, a letter P O N 47249 Newark Delaware um and the name on it is Tiona Kara she karashvil karash <laughs> and and basically what it is this yeah so so the idea would be like you're stuck in one of the stands you know and and, and you want to kind of buy something um, so you would go to this they've got their uh, like a website uh, in Russian um, online and you would you would somehow place the order through through these guys who would then pick up the order at this uh, address and then reship it to you. But basically, if you go- if you drop into Google this address, 2213 Ogletown Road, Unit B, PON 47249, Newark, Delaware, um, what comes up is bad buyer, eBay scam, word about an order, should I cancel, fraud user, the eBay community, <laughs> error, F scammers got scammed on eBay as a seller, uh, being scammed over PayPal, like it's unreal. <laughs> It's literally like, like a checklist of people have been who have been screwed over um, by this person, um, as a buyer. You know, it's really weird. So, so they're not even like you know. It's not that they're selling on eBay and screwing you over. These were buyers that are managing to uh, to walk off with your package or or tell you. I think the big one of the big scams was, um, you know, now that I've given you the money, uh, can I just make a quick change on the address? You know, we just update the address to this address for another one. Uh, And then um, the person would fall for it. Uh, And then when they'd go to eBay a month later saying, Look, you know, um, this guy's claimed that he never got the package and he's already been qualified for a refund. What do I do? And eBay's like, Nothing. You. Send it to someone who wasn't authorized. You, you should never change the address. It's your fault. <laughs> you know, this is great stuff. Great stuff on eBay. Stuff that really makes you wanna never sell on eBay again. Anyhow, somehow the thirty days went by. I lucked out. Uh, I did not lose that sale. And here it is. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm ready to pick up the thread. So basically, yeah. After selling all this stuff for like two and a half, three months, uh, I was able to put. Just short of two thousand bucks in my savings, nineteen hundred, and jump into um, some new mirrorless gear. You know, uh, so so yeah, I did go ahead and get the twenty millimeter lens. I'll talk about that some more. Uh, I kind of alluded to it uh, in the episode about the Milky Way stuff. Um, I'm thrilled. I'm like completely overjoyed. Um, I'm not making this up. I have no. Uh, reservations and saying sometimes it's really good to sell most of your stuff if you've got an inkling that it's time to do uh, uh, you know it's t- if it's time to make a turn if it's time to get into some new gear um just go for it sell all your old crap deal with the eBay bullshit you know and and get out there uh, and 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 let go of the sentimental stuff you know I, I think that was really important too like it felt good finally just turning the corner going okay look you know as much as I love some of this old stuff. Uh, I am not going to just let it sit in a drawer um, and, you know, open it up once in a while and go, yeah, there was the camera that I shot, blah, blah, blah. You know, get some new gear that excites you. Uh, or in my case, you know, um, I think if you, if, you, if you have listened to the Milky Way episode, just these little things adding up uh, with the mirrorless system or just a newer camera um, made me overjoyed um i left that shoot um you know um just odd odd by uh, how lucky i was for the conditions you know the uh the conditions out there were amazing a really clear beautiful uh sky um and having some nice new gear that that just went and a little extra you know (laughs) like like i feel like i don't know i got at least 20 or 30 percent of a better shot uh just because i finally upgraded it um and you know the, the amazing thing was this none of this was a financial burden in any way you know like like i think that was one of the things that, i think that was one of the things that really shocked me was that i was literally sitting on 1900 bucks worth of gear um that kind of really really surprised me uh and there were some things i didn't sell you know i, I was tempted to Possibly go a little bit further and, and maybe sell another lens that I I'd, uh, splurged on last summer. Um, or, you know, like, like they were easily another, I don't know, seven or eight hundred bucks of unsold gear. Um, so, so, yeah. So finally, uh, that's my takeaway. Go ahead and do it. Now, the other thing I want to mention is the boxes. Um this threw me off as well. So so as, as a buyer, you know, I, once in a while I would save a box if it was in pretty decent condition, it wasn't too big, you know, but hey, yeah, this is, this box came back uh, to me um, r- looking brand new with some good, uh, you know, peanuts in there or uh, some, some packing materials. Uh, and that really, really helped. So when I started selling, I didn't have to go buy any packing materials. I had plenty of it left over. Um, and seemingly I didn't have to go get new boxes. I was wrong, (laughs) you know, because there's this whole system at frickin' the um, United States Postal Service where, you know, it's not just a regular box. Uh, If the box says, uh, you know, flat rate insured, you can't use it unless you're shipping flat rate insured. And if the box says, um, you know, so whatever. That was always like, oh, crap, I've already taped everything up boxed it up completely now i'm gonna just give it to the person at the post office They're like no you can't use that box uh, luckily the woman here at the post office looked near me was wonderful super nice lady uh, and she would suggest here just take this other box blah 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 anyhow dealing with the sh- uh, the slowdown the pandemic the covid stuff going on at usps if i ever did it again would never use them again so i the very last sale i did i did use just ups and it was freaking great you know like just wrap it up in anything walk over there print out the sticker so long tracking was was 100 percent accurate you know it's going to take five days it took five days um and then the last thing that was interesting, though, too, um, which will lead it kind of a hint toward the, an episode I'm thinking of doing this season um, about medium format and demand, you know, is, and I kind of hinted at that, not hinted, but sort of explaining that, you know, this, this period, 2015, 2016, there were people like myself, you know, who didn't want to buy a freaking Hasselblad, didn't want to spend gazillions of dollars on old Zeiss and... and uh, um, Roloflex gear uh, because I want something I can actually shoot with, A, and I don't want to be spending $1,500, 2000 or more on something that may that may not even work that well. Um, I want to stay in what I thought was a cool used budget, you know, somewhere between $207 maybe or less, you know, ideally. Um, and medium format just completely filled the bill at that time with both uh, Pentax and RZ67, especially RZ67s, you know. Um, like I mentioned, you could get them between. I literally paid for a full kit: waist level finder, 110 lens, working film back, 450 bucks. <laughs> you know. Uh, okay, so in 2015 and 16, they weren't in demand. Well, guess what happened? You know, somehow in 2017, even more in 2018, and then a total explosion in 2019. That particular camera the RZ67 with the 110 lens exploded in demand exponentially you know so right now if you were selling just the lens just the 110 lens you could get anywhere from 8 to 900 dollars just for the lens if you want to sell the whole kit i kid you not you could get 2 grand think about that it was 450 you know in 2016, you could get 1800 to two grand right now. And it's the same freaking camera of dubious uh, <laughs> distinction, meaning like it might jam up on you too quite a lot. And at one time, and maybe the electronics are going to finally crap out on you and you won't be able to shoot anything. Um, where was I going with this? But this, the whole idea is, that, is what is in demand? So, so in other words, when I bought my Pentax... Um, waist level finder, this tiny little gizmo, you know, that you, that, that you, you replace the regular finder on the 6.7, the finder is fairly heavy, especially if it's the prism finder, the the meter printer, prism finder, you take the prism finder off, you put this tiny little waist level finder on there. It suddenly, it's like giving your 6.7 a diet, you know, suddenly now it's a very light camera again. And when I bought it, it was just like nobody was buying them, you know. Like 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 it was, you know. I, I think I think I got mine from Japan. I forget, uh, but yeah, I paid pretty good penny for it, you know. At the time, I'm like, this is kind of a weird purchase, paying almost 180 bucks for something I don't even know if I'm gonna like. Um, well, now guess what? The 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 Mamiya Six Sevens, the RZ Six Sevens, are getting so expensive. And relatively hard to find because there aren't, you know, how many people have been taking care of them. So now it's pushing over to the Pentax, my beloved Pentax. Um, That Pentax is no longer uh, the bargain basement either. You know, it was always Pentax was always like at least a hundred or two hundred dollars less than the RZ67. Um, So the Pentax, all the Pentax gear, they're they're starting to go up in price. So so that was one of the things that really shocked me. I thought for sure. That my Pentax waste level finder would not be an easy sell. That, that there would be hardly any bidders on it. Um, and that got scooped up immediately. Immediately, you know. Uh, so, so there you go, you know. Um, it's just that weird thing of like, it's not about intrinsic value. It's just about what's in demand what's in demand, you know? And in 2016, all these people with the Pentax six sevens and the Mamiya RG six sevens, not a huge demand. So the prices didn't get yanked, uh, crazy. You know, it was just built on, you know, it was kind of priced about, well, is this working? All right. So it's an, you know, bargain or excellence condition. Um, with an asterisk? Is it in really good condition? You know, well that that now it's suddenly going up a notch. Is it in both cosmetic and, and brilliant, perfect condition? Uh, so, so yeah, those three levels, uh, would still affect the pricing back then, but it would top out at a grand. You know what I mean? Like, like I got kind of an entry level version. Um, I don't think mine had like actual massive, cosmetic damage but it, they obviously knew of some stuff I didn't realize until later you know. Um, the lens probably I, I don't think I ever really scrutinized the lens. The lens probably had some schmutz in it. <laughs> Who knows? I just remember the pictures were very very good. I'm very happy with my pictures from it. But but yeah I wasn't you know uh, worried about it. I just wanted, to, I wanted that big format. You know I'd heard so much about 6.7. I'm like this is going to scan really really well and it did and I loved it and then suddenly uh, I think it was particularly down to the phenomenon of YouTube in general. So YouTube obviously has been a fantastic place for you know for for people. Uh, I, well, okay, let me rephrase this. YouTube slash Instagram. YouTube slash Instagram. Uh, I think in 2018 and 19 there was a a very small but super influential uh, number of uh, of. Uh, of guys out there, you know, uh, who made some really good videos, put together some really good Instagram accounts and it just went viral. Uh, and yeah, it's just insane. It's insane. Like there's an incredible demand right now. Um, but what's interesting too, is that it's still not, this is what what I want to get into. I want to do a whole episode just on the medium format thing, because it's still, still limited to these two cameras, um, with, Mamiya at the top, and I believe the Pentax just below it. Um, you still don't hear about people, you know, going crazy for the Rollies or the Hasselbots. Um, so yeah, might be interesting to figure that out. Why? Well, I, I think I have a good idea. Anyhow, that's pretty much a wrap on my eBay. Um, I was able to finance a new camera. I'm thrilled with the new camera, uh, and I finally managed to get rid of all my. Uh, you know, I think deserved eBay fears. Uh, so yeah, um, fellow I work with, uh, Rob, he's selling some, uh, some fairly obscure, but cool star Wars stuff. Um, which he says is right now going for like triple what he bought it for. But I mentioned, I, we had a little conversation about this. I'm like, Rob, man, be prepared, you know, be prepared. Cause there's a, there could be a catch when you think everything's working out. You know, you don't really know if that sales over, so don't spend your money you know give it at least 30 days and and hope for the best anyhow guys thank you for listening to this episode thank you for uh, being part of the podcast again i um, really looking forward to where this season two goes and uh, we'll be back with some more stuff next time see ya